And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales everybody to bold nonsense uh welcome in senseless and friends senseless and friends do you like that more than senseless members i think senseless and friends means your face just sounds like yeah it means like there's the senseless not on are not always friends you know oh that's true did not mean to imply that would never imply that okay so i'll just go back we'll just start it over We'll three, two, one it, and we'll go, welcome in, senseless. Welcome in, friends. You have found bold nonsense. This is episode 123, and you're deep in the depths of this episode. Um, let's see, what do we got? The red light is on. Red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with us. We're already, as you can tell, a little bit senseless, a little bit slow on the take today. Two takes at, at uh, getting it going here, but we're having fun. It is 8-14-2020. That is August 14th of the year 2020. Yes, it is. I'm officially a week into 29. Yes. 29? Uh, How does it feel? Not a lot different. Golfing a lot more, which is kind of yes, a more adult thing. Um, not that not, not much different, but you feel the bones a little bit more, I will say that. Feel the bones. So episode 123, I am at Walsh Disney, happiest host on earth. You took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Thank you for joining us once again. And joining me on this uh, eventful Friday, an actual Friday for us, which is becoming more rare uh, on an actual Friday, is our buddy across FaceTime. What's up? Say hi to the people. Thank you, at Walsh Disney, for that introduction. My name is Still Smooth, a.k.a. Mr. PTO. Guess who's back, 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 back again. And I do on this date, I bring you on this date um, every week. So here it goes. Back on this date, August 14th, in the year 1959, Irvin Magic Johnson was born in the great city of Lansing, Michigan, Couple accolades here, obviously Hall of, Hall of Fame, excuse me, point guard, five-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP, and Olympic gold medalist in 1992 with the famous Dream Team. Um, one more thing I'd like to point out: former NBA executive, and yeah. I like to stress I like to stress the former 
because ever since Magic Johnson's abrupt departure from the executive world, I feel like it is it is tainted at least my view of him. He just seems kind of like a flake. Uh, just not, I mean, a great basketball player, just, I don't know, not, not, not a guy who doesn't like when things are not going well. He's not going to stick it out. I don't know, because I, I feel like he was kind of brought in under almost false, like, pretenses. They feel mm. like they brought him in to be the face. Really, the, what they, really, let's be honest, what's the, why did they bring Magic in? It was to get LeBron. Yeah, and once they got LeBron, I feel like he his value was kind of decreased, because what what Magic does well is that like recruiting and selling people on like the Lakers and that that whole like Magic vibe, mm-hmm. and he did it, but then he didn't really have that. He didn't have anybody else to. Do. Who's he gonna do that for? He's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it for Caruso. He brought in Danny Green. <laughs> not going to do it for Danny Green. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I just felt like his, his like, job was almost, like, the main part of his job was almost gone. And then he was on, like, he knew, they knew he wasn't going to be in for a day-to-day grind. But yet they brought him in anyway and wanted him to do the day-to-day grind. So, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like they, it just wasn't a fit. And they knew it, but they tried it anyway. So they shouldn't have been surprised when it blew up as quickly as it did. All valid points. Almost got me to completely sway my opinion. But that's exactly why we have two co-hosts to this podcast. Well, a host and a co-host, really. I'm looking at you when I say co-host. Oh, but, you- uh, <laughs> we, we, bring, we, bring, we bring two sides of the argument, and that's what we do for our senseless members. Thank you, Walsh. Disney. This whole thing, is, it's a bold nonsense coin, and we're just two sides of it. We just give you both sides, and you get to pick what you believe in. True. Uh, speaking of things we believe in, things we think, things stuck in our brains, let's move it on to random thoughts. Don't worry. I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do. Flip out, man. No, I'm saying... Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. I'm in a brainstorm session. I think I just, yeah, I just had an idea. Isn't that weird? Okay, uh, random thoughts, things in our head, crawlers in our brains. What you got? You have, you have anything stuck up there in the tin? I have something minor, minor, but if you have something significant or like a val- like a... A good random thought, I say you take it away. Let's start with the minor, and then we'll move it to, oh, uh, A, like an A territory. We'll go, we'll go minus to the A. I don't think we have any, any pluses today, but that's fine. Gotcha. Um, I was uh, sharing with you a little bit um, about my story. I was golfing, so um, my dad lives in a retirement community, like a 55 and older community called Summerfield, no ads, <laughs> over here in, in uh, Tigard. And I was playing there the other week with uh, my brother and a couple uh, couple buddies. And we were teeing off on the first hole. And there's, there's a good group of people, probably I'd say seven to eight. So a good gathering in the backyard of one of the houses right on the first hole, right on the tee box. And every time we drive, you know, they'd clap and cheer and holler and, you know, 
do a little whistle blowing, which is awesome. A little bit of heckling too. Yeah. Um, you got but, a gallery uh, out there. It's awesome. It was the first time I actually had a gallery. <laughs> so if if you Walsh Disney, my ransom thought, were to be living on a golf course, retire, live on a golf course, would you rather live on the first tee box or eighteenth tee box? If you wanted to participate in any of this heckling or cheering or whatever, interacting with yeah. golfers. That's a hard one. They, so I'll walk you through the mental process, what just flew through my brain. Mm-hmm. It was like, first, everybody's full of positivity. It's good vibes. But are, but are people too focused? Are they trying to have a good day? That's what you get on the first. You either have the, the, you have the, like, the positivity, but that, then on the other side... For the first tee box, you've got the people who are like, no, I'm serious. I'm having a good day today. You always have those people. 18th tee box, you've got, on the positive side, you've got the people who have just given up. Who have just thrown, uh, like, a big fuck it to the wind. And it's like, let's just have a good time. You can see it on their faces. Yeah, and so so they're willing to, like, just banter with you and and have fun. And like embrace the cheering, whether it be sarcastic or or completely, um, like, what's the word? Genuine, completely mm-hmm. genuine cheering. They'll love that because they've just given it up. Um, but then there's the people who have had a bad day and are serious about it, not having fun, and and will not engage. Don't want any even little bit of interaction. And so when you, when you reach out and try, they're going to get pissed. So I think I would probably rather go with the 18th hole <laughs> for the people that have um, given up. Because I feel like those are the most fun. Or the people that are having a decent day because you get like a good day. Or the people who give up. That's two positives to the, to the one person that's taking it too seriously. On the first tee box, you get person with positivity ready for a good day. Or that's one-to-one because you got the person that's also way too serious and way too focused. So I'll go 18th. I like that. And also think about this. You can also change those negative negative beings. You just toss, toss them from the backyard a crispy, cool boy yeah. and say, hey, take it easy. Yeah. And you just crack it right on the 18th. That's for sure. I'm with it. Yeah. 18th all that's the way. That's a boss move. I like that. 18th all the way. Are you 18th as well? From this I conversation as well. Okay. Yes. I love it. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, my ransom thought for the week. Are you clumsy? Would mm. you consider yourself clumsy? Mm. Um, if I'm being real with myself, I'm closer to clumsy than not clumsy. I'm not like stumbling over myself. Yeah. But if I'm being real, I sometimes just do shit and I'm like, wow, what are you doing? Like, pull it together, you know? So, um, I'm that way as well. I wonder if you're the same as me. So, what I realized was that I'm, I wouldn't call myself clumsy, but I do do some stuff that I'm like, okay, that didn't work. And that happens quite often. And what I realized mm-hmm. was, you know, we grew up as, as you know pretty good athletes. And because of that, I try stuff all the time. Like... I just do stuff that I'm like, oh, I can do this. Because you, you get a little bit of the, like, confidence to overconfidence in yourself and, like, your physical ability. So you're just, you're just trying different stuff. 
and sometimes it works, and that's it's really cool when it works. And then sometimes it doesn't work, and it's fairly embarrassing. Because most people would be like, oh, I'm not going to try that. That's dumb. But we're yeah. like, nah, why not? Yeah. I don't know. I, no, I like that. Um, it's, it's, your mind still hasn't caught up with the, re, the reality that your body's able to provide. Speaking you know? of being 29... We're slowing exactly, hundred percent. Slowing down, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, I've already, I've already started thinking of myself as a thirty-year-old, and I. So I'm currently twenty-eight. Will be twenty-nine right behind you. Yeah. But uh, I've already just like I've already considered myself thirty, just so I, like I can ease into the thirties. And so my thirty-year, my thirtieth birthday is just like, man, you've been thirty for a couple of years now. Yeah. You know, no big oh. deal. Let's be honest. I, once I turn, once I got over twenty-five, I was like, all right, I'm basically thirty. Yeah, exactly. I was done going out feel. downtown. <laughs> People yeah. would be like, "You want to go? You want to go out like club?" N- no. Hit Dixie's. I'd be like, "I'm too old for that." They're like, yeah. Twenty-five. Yeah, ah, I'm not paying the twenty-dollar cover charge. Yeah, basically thirty. Um, yeah. The best example of like a an overconfidence that hasn't bitten me too often yet. Knock on wood, um, but. Uh, something that I do that I just feel is unnecessary but I continue to do it is every time when I get a glass out of a cupboard a glass like a drinking glass um, I don't know about you we put them upside down Mm -hmm. right and I flip it I'll give it a tiny toss in the air but it leaves my hand to flip it to the right way up it's like spinning a football kind of yeah 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 I could easily just, you know, turn it without it actually leaving my hand. Much safer, but, just, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, throw it up, catch it. And I still yeah. do that. It hasn't bitten me yet, so I still have that hand-eye coordination for now. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things. I have a feeling eventually it will bite me in the ass. Sure, but also, what if someone's watching and just happens to come into the room when you spin it? You'll, they're like, oh, okay. No matter if they don't or... Regardless if they don't say anything or not, they're still thinking, oh, he's got it, you know? Yeah, still got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's my, th- I don't know, that's my thing. Uh, not clumsy, but um, adventurous, maybe? Adventurous? Yeah. I, I would put us in that category. Uh, I would also take us from the category of random thoughts and put us into the category of trivia. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Jeopardy. Gonna make that your final answer? I think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? This is trivia. Welcome in. Last week's trivia question read like this. This hockey player, known as the kid, or the next one, is the league's youngest scoring champion ever. One more time. This hockey player, known as the kid, or the next one, is the league's youngest scoring champion ever. Answer? Dot, 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 dot. Sidney Crosby at 19 years old. He couldn't drink a beer for another two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's he came in and just blew up the league pretty much. I mean, he, he was doing things at 18 that had, like, never been done before. Like, he was, like, the, I don't know, one of the first... Youngest captains for a playoff team ever in his first two years. It's one of the first, or like I think he has like one of the youngest hat tricks. All this kind of stuff. It's just crazy. 
I'm so excited to become NHL guys next year with the with the Kraken right above us, oh. with a couple, what 200, 200 miles or something like that. That's only like a four hour, three hour drive. That's gonna drive. that's gonna be a trip. That's gonna be a trip that happens pretty soon. Yes. Uh, th- this week's trivia question goes like this: Only six players have scored more than sixty points in an NBA game on more than one occasion. Who has done it? The most. One more time, only six players have scored more than 60 points in an NBA game on more than one occasion. They've done it more than once. Only six players have done it more than once. Who has done it the most? Find out on 124. We're going to head to the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. The news, the NFL, here we go. Let's talk about people getting money. Get paid. Yep, got to make that money. Um, extensions. We've got a couple people that have gotten pretty big extensions. George Kittle blew up the tight end market. George Kittle got a five-year extension for $75 million. Um, that, that puts... That's with the 49ers. That's a lot. I mean, Austin Hooper was the highest paid tight end uh, in terms of total contract. He was making like 40. That's nuts. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure George Kittle got gets like a 30 million like 30 million of that at signing or something like that. Yeah, that would be I mean, he's going from making probably a little over a million to making 75, 30 on signing. <laughs> Unreal. In one day. It's complete. It's it's wild, and it's completely deserved. I mean, he's the best tight end by far in the NFL, in my opinion. One side, one side note. Oh yeah, one side note. And I don't want to derail the you know your flow here, but I just saw on IG, I believe it was yesterday, that George Kittle was actually Iowa's third option for their last scholarship spot or whatever. Are you kidding me? The third option for the last scholarship scholarship position. And he just ends up being like blowing up, and then just turning into a, just an absolute freak. Dude, I think that's good just, for him. I think it's just his love of football. Like that's what you hear yeah. every every time you watch him. Every time anybody talks about him, they're always like, "Oh, this guy! You can tell this guy loves football." And it's you, like Zion with basketball. Like yeah. he, he looks like he's having fun. Exactly, and he is like the Zion of football. And young, having fun, dominating. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like for you to be like that low of a recruit and then to get to there, you've got you got to love what you're doing. Uh, the next extension comes from the same position group, tight end Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. He basically it was like right after George Kittle's, almost like they were waiting for Kittle to get his done. Um, <laughs> Travis Kelsey with the four-year extension for fifty-seven million dollars, and so that's less than. Kittle's extension, but you've got to take into account that I think Kelsey was already making significantly more than Kittle was with his contract. Been in the league longer. Um, so yeah, they've got him locked up, and I believe he said it was um, 
he said he was just really appreciative appreciative that they wanted it like that they wanted him around. <laughs> the, the, I don't, I, you'd never really feel, hear people talk like that about extensions, where it's just like, I don't know, it just seems, it feels good that people want you. And you never really think about that that aspect, but it must be pretty nice. Yeah, like it's, it's a, I mean, it's a relationship, right? The employee-employee relationship, but like it shows that you're wanted in any relationship, whether it be, you know, with your girlfriend or your parents or your family or whatnot. You want to know, or it's nice to know that you're, wanted and and that you bring value to it you know exactly uh speaking of being wanted the bills want sean mcdermott to stay there the head coach they have extended him through 2025 obviously was the the key piece of their turnaround from being horrible to being pretty good now um favorites in the afc east so you'd want that guy to stick around uh, some signings in the NFL. A big one here. Big signing. The Cowboys have signed uh, defensive end Everson Griffin. People would know him from the Vikings. One of the best pass rushers and one of the biggest pieces of one of the best defensive lines for the Vikings in the past few years. He now goes to the Cowboys. Uh, i got to be honest. When I read this, my feeling of the Cowboys complete, completely flipped. That was like my one big thing with the Cowboys was they don't have any pass rush. They were terrible at it last year. They're pretty good against the run, but they, they didn't really produce. With this guy, uh, I think I they might jump to favorites in, in what is it, the AFC, NFC East, North. I do. I couldn't even tell you what they planned. Why am I blanking on this right now? No, it's the East. NFC East. Um, they're scary. I mean, as a collective unit, the Cowboys are going, I don't know. I'm not a Cowboys fan by any means and nor do I even really like watching them, but they're going to be a good, they're going to be a fabulous team. Yeah. If that Um, secondary can hold up at all. Yeah. They're going to be good. Uh, another signing, this is smaller, but I just think it kind of shows a changing of the guard. Uh, the Bengals have signed defensive tackle Mike Daniels. Um, if you if you're thinking oh I've heard that name where have I heard that name it's the uh, he he's most famous probably for the NFL Top 100 where he is a big time character on on that show uh, and everybody that's where he kind of blew up as everyone else knew Mike Daniels because he's pretty funny and um, kind of outlandish so uh, was a was a Packer I think he was a Lion last year now he's on the Bengals one year deal up to 2.7 million. Um, but it just kind of shows you the Bengals are like more in than they usually are. Usually the Bengals are just kind of sitting there doing nothing and being, uh, at best mediocre. They're actually trying this year, which is, which is always nice to see. They got their quarterback and now they can push forward. Yeah. I'm sure in the off season, Joe Burrow was like, don't make me do anything. Like, show me you're trying. Don't make me yeah. hold out on you here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to be an a-hole and refuse to uh, show up to camp or anything like that, but let's make a little effort on both sides. Absolutely. Um, The Washington football team, they've released Darius Geis uh, after a a domestic violence arrest. So if you get into the details of that, it's pretty horrific. Dude, I don't even like hearing about that one. That is is bad. It sounds really bad. Uh, We won't go into it here. You know, we're just going to try and keep it light and positive, but we do need to say, like, this guy's career, oh, no, it is not going well. Bunch of injuries. Then you get this. 
You, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at stuff you might not ever be in this league again. No. That is a quick downfall. Um, sucks for everybody involved in that one. Uh, how about one that's um, not as serious, but is just a level of dumb that you don't see on a day-to-day basis? Seahawks have waived. That means released a rookie, uh, Kamas Siverand. He's a he's a cornerback. Um, he tried to sneak a woman into the team's hotel hotel room, uh, or, or hotel. Got caught on camera. This is the best part. He he, <laughs> he had her dress up in Seahawks gear to pose as a player, so she could get in. <laughs> a modern day love story. Oh, what a guy. Well, he's got, well, my, you know. So, is she rocking pads? Is she rock? Because I'm sure. I'm sure it's a bunch of like practice gear. Thing. Yeah, even but her frame, dude. Like, are they stuffing pillows in those? You know, double XL shirts or what are they? You know, what are they doing? What are they doing with her? I don't know. I don't know. And, and an undrafted, an undrafted rookie, dude. <laughs> you, you can't be doing this. Who do you what think are you doing? You are? This is the NFL. Oh, Cut so dumb. So dumb. That got me. That got a little chuckle from me. I mean, it's bad for that guy, but it'd be brought it on himself. So I think we're yeah. allowed to laugh at that. Okay, that's the NFL news. Now we need to get into the NBA and starting with their playoff picture. It is set. It is ready to go, uh, especially in the East, where we've got it all set up. In the East, it is a Bucks Magic matchup. Uh. I'm feeling slaughter there. Oh, yeah, 100%. The Bucks are older now. I don't think they'll play around. Um, Raptors-Nets matchup. I don't I don't hate this matchup, although I, I mean, I don't think... I just think Nick Nurse will be able to shut down anyone on the Nets. Like, whoever gets hot, he'll just blitz them. And they're not, I don't think they'll be able to do anything. Nick Nurse, great coach. Um, so I think Nets come out one game. They get a game. What do you think? I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they grabbed two games. Um, I'm okay. not in love with the Nets, but I like what they're doing. Um, um, and have some nice young pieces. We were talking about this yesterday when I was with you, but it's just the ke- chemistry aspect. Not the tightest of all chemistry. Not the tightest of teams as far as chemistry wise, but um, talent wise, they have the young pieces to do it. Yeah. Uh, Celtics 76ers is your matchup there. Um, Ben Simmons out for the year. Remember, remember that. So, other than that, I mean, what? Embiid. It will get taken. I, I think they'll do a pretty good job with Embiid. Yeah. Probably crowd him on the block. He'll have to try and step out, which I mean he can do, but it's not his most comfortable game. So, I think they'll do a pretty good job. I'm taking the Celtics there. You're taking the Sixers in that matchup? No, Celtics. Okay, yeah, I agree too. Um, Embiid's still a problem, but the Celtics just had more manpower. Yeah. And then Heat Pacers. Heat Pacers. This is going to be sweet. This is the only one I care about in the first round. Really? Yeah, on the east side, on the east side. Why do you love it? Um, Dude, it's Jimmy Butler and... um, Jimmy Butler versus uh, T.J. Warren. It's just kind of two just bucket-getting animals, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I like it. I like 
I like pieces on the the Pacers. I like pieces on the Heat. Um, I'm liking watching uh, Bam. I'm liking watching Tyler Hero. Um, I'm not I'm not anti Heat by any means, but I think I think this the the Heat do it. Uh, the Heat pull out of this matchup. Nice. Okay, then we move on to the West. Would you like to read the first bullet point in the West? Yeah, thank you, sir, for posting this uh, and reminding me. The San Antonio Spurs will not grace our televisions for the first time in the NBA postseason in 22 years. An historic run by any professional franchise. The Spurs linking together 22 years since the 1996-97 season, I believe. Um, they will be missing the playoffs. So I wanted to they, – they said this on uh, TNT, but for those who probably weren't watching the Spurs, uh, <laughs> Spurs game yesterday, a couple of things that um, were going on in 1997. Bill Clinton was still president. Uh, the first DVD was released to the American public, and that was actually Twister. Um, forgot a couple other the, a couple other little news droplets that they said were happening in '97. But oh, uh, Dejounte Murray, uh, Spurs point guard, was born in uh, 1997. So um, <laughs> all of that just made me feel so old. Pretty crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be sad. Um, but uh, hey, it's it's the passing of the torch. For sure. Um, and then the next thing, uh, so we got the Blazers and the Grizzlies in a uh, Blazers got to win one, Grizzlies got to win two type scenario there. Uh, feeling pretty good about that with the way the Blazers are playing. Um, th- that will determine who plays the Lakers, so that will be the matchup. Lakers and winner of that. believe this is all set up, locked in. What do you got? Yes. Can can Dame I love it and I, I I'm enjoying watching the Blazers and uh, can Dame continue to function at this high of a clip? He scored hundred and fifty two points in the past three games. I would love it if he does, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything negative, but it's just like, dude, like where is the gas coming from, you know? Is it is it heart? Is it like do we see him drop off? A little bit, or is it just this is the Dame for the playoffs now because he had that one uh, down game against the Clippers, which ignited that, you know, the monster, the monster that we're seeing now. What do you think? I I think it keeps going, but really, for me, what it always depends on is is two things. He he's got that ridiculous logo shot now. Unreal. Because what they used to be able to do is and take him out of his game was just blitz him more than anyone else, just absolutely attack him, especially in pick and roll stuff. Um, Because he's not the biggest guy, and it's they would kind of trap him basically, make him get rid of the ball. So the first thing is is that he avoids that a little bit with that logo deep shot. Um, It 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 makes it so they can't blitz him as much. It extends the defense, gives him more room. The other thing that he is, that every player depends on a little bit, is the pieces around him have been playing better. And what that does is it makes it so he's not, um, it's not just him. If they blitz him with two, now he's got pieces around him that can actually make the other team suffer for blitzing Dane, which we haven't had in years. 
not reliably at least. So it'll be those two things that would keep him going. Yep, like it. Yep. So the Lakers will will play whoever wins that matchup. Then we have the Clippers in the Mavs playing. Um, that's going to be a good one. I'm really excited to watch that one. That's going to be fun. Um, the Nuggets in the Jazz. That'll be that'll be hard fought. Less less exciting than Mavericks Clippers, but whatever. In my mind, the Jazz and the Nuggets are the same team. Like it's just like <laughs> it's just blah. It's just like blah basketball. They kind of. I don't know. Exactly. I don't really follow them. They're just like yeah. It's just it's another West Western Conference I, team. I feel Western like Conference matchup that I don't care. I feel like that's everyone. That's everyone. Yeah. Um, then Thunder Rockets. I I think that'll be the worst basketball of these matchups. To be honest, <laughs> to, just to be honest, like uh, in terms of, of good basketball, it's gonna be the worst basketball. But it, it might be entertaining with you know. Chris Paul and the Rockets, yeah. that whole saga and everything. Um, okay, get to some other stuff. A couple of quick, quicker stories. Uh, Draymond Green was fined 50000 after saying that Devin Booker should leave the Suns on TNT, I believe. Um, and my question coming from this, Devin Booker, should he leave the Suns? Uh, I think he can get a lot done, obviously, other places. But why would he now if he stuck it out this long? I think he's another... There's no, there's no duplicate Dame out there. There's Dame's one of a kind, but I see uh, Book being of similar characteristics in the sense that, like, he he's a baller and he's gonna do it for the right reasons, and he like he loves he just loves playing basketball, and he's gonna do it with he has a loyalty about him. Yeah. Um, and now he's just starting to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Uh, you know, he's gone through ownership changes, coaching changes, and now it's you're starting to see the Suns finally start to blossom um, um, into something exciting. Uh, so should he? Ah, I'm not opposed to it, uh, but I hope he doesn't, and I don't think he leaves. Agreed. Yeah, I think, especially, you know, with the run they just had in the bubble, I think that kind of shows them something, and I think that'll keep them there. Um... Just a couple things about the Blaze, about the Blazers. I mean, our hometown team. Got to talk about them a little bit. Um, Dame became the second player with with three sixty point games in a season. Only Wilt has, is the other one to do that uh, in the same season. Uh, so that's pretty big. Pretty big for the guy. Uh, like you said, he's playing out of his mind, and we hope the gas keeps going. And one story that broke uh, was that C.J. McCollum was playing with a fractured back. Uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Timing was a little bit... <laughs> I won't, I'll go with iffy. Iffy. Sketchy. Uh, and fill in everybody when the story broke. I mean, it was a couple days ago. What, two games? It was... Two games yeah. ago? Yep. It was right after the game finished, and, and CJ was just doing absolute, absolutely nothing. He had been pretty mediocre to bad for him at least in the bubble um was not shooting well at all and this has happened to coincide with the time that gary trent was playing amazingly and then all of a sudden he's got a bad back no one's heard anything about this then he's got a bad back uh, and then he starts playing better and we haven't heard anything about it still so yeah i don't this know is- it seemed pretty smoke screen. Yeah, it seemed pretty smoke screen to me. Like, oh, don't be <laughs> mad at me. I've got a bad back. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a all sudden, right, man, it gets whatever. better. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah. But yeah. 
Anyway, super excited about the Blazers right now. It's pretty fun to watch. Hope it keeps going. But we are going to move on to baseball, where the Astros were in another fight. And this is the weird thing. This is this is crazy to me, that it seems like the Astros are the ones starting fights. Like, it's not the other teams going at the Astros. It's almost like it's the Astros going at teams, like, preemptive. They're hypersensitive. Hyper-hypersensitive. Yeah, it's, yeah it, like, hypersensitive or that they've they've embraced, like, oh, everybody hates us, so we're just going to, let's, let's do it. Like, let's go for it. We're not backing down from anybody. Um, which, I, I guess, if you were going to do something, it's better than being like, oh, yeah, we're sorry. You know, you don't want to, like, you know, tiptoe around everyone, but... Yeah. It is kind of nuts. Um, so the Astros and the A's got in, a, got in a fight after an... So an Astros pitcher hit one of the A's. <laughs> there are some words exchanged. And then the the A's player who gets hit goes to first. And then the hitting coach, Alex Cintrone, he starts chirping from the dugout. The Astros dugout. And some things were exchanged. What was actually said is debatable. Um, but anyway, a fight breaks out from there. That hitting coach got 20 games, a quarter of this season. Good. Right? A quarter? More? A third? A third. A third. They're, six, they're playing 60 games, right? They're playing 60 games. I got confused for yeah. a second that they were playing 80. They were playing 60 games, so a third of the season. Which, in a regular season, 162 divided by 3. I gotcha. Math guy. I don't got you, but my calculator is going to get you here. Oh, you're going calculator? Yeah. Our boy Lee Cass right now is ripping us to pieces. I know. He's flaming know. us as you go to the what? calculator. How many games did I usually play? 162. Oops. Oops. 162 times 30%. That is 40. Let's call it 49 games. Damn. <laughs> 49 <laughs> games. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, so anyway, and then the A's, Ramon Laureano, who's, he's the one that got hit and then got yelled at and then started a fight. He got six games. So obviously shows you who the MOB thinks shouldn't be doing that the most. And, and what I don't get, what I'm glad is people may say like, hey, you know, Alex Cintron, 20 games, like, why is it so, why is it? weighted so heavily on his punishment and I'm and if you think about a coaches a coach should never be in this situation especially coach. during uh like COVID times your job yeah. is to de-escalate the situation yeah um and and make sure everybody stays calm and especially like during like I said this COVID interaction like and COVID spreading like wildfire in the MLB you can't be egging on people in order that could result in a tussle like this, you know? Yeah, in baseball before the season even said, if you guys are fighting and getting into close quarters like that, you are getting punished heavily. Yeah. Because of because of COVID. And then you just can't have coaches starting fights with players. Yeah. <laughs> There's a hierarchy there that is it's going in the wrong direction at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the postseason for baseball, like you said, COVID is a problem in baseball at this point, so they are thinking about doing a bubble. That is a rumor. We'll see if that happens. On to college football, where a bunch of big stuff happened. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 all suspended their fall seasons and pretty much every sport in it. Um, they hope to play in the spring, but they are not doing anything um, during the regular fall 
football season time. However, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 all plan to play still. Awesome. Give us football. Give us football. Um, and then the NHL. <laughs> this is one of the craziest. Things. Tampa Bay Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets had a five-overtime game that lasted over six hours. Six hours. A six-hour hockey game. They played hockey for six hours. Can you even That's imagine? Like two games. Can you even imagine? I no, I can't imagine doing any. I can't even imagine working six hours straight. That's almost three games. Yeah. You play three periods, then you have five overtimes. I honestly, I can't imagine. I don't know how they're still hitting each other and skating in hour three, you know, or hour four, let alone hour six. I can't imagine how they're breathing by by then. I would be dead. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought it was crazy, so I had to throw it in the news. But that is the news for this week. A lot of stuff, actually. A decent amount of stuff to talk about. It feels good to have yeah. all sports or news coming from multiple sports um, leagues. I, I actually enjoyed this news segment quite a bit. Yeah. It just, it just seems like we're getting, we're getting a lot of good information. I mean, some of it's bad college football. Um, and college football, is just that's the brutal one. Because I, from what I'm hearing, it's not the, the, the sport of it. Is why the, not why they're canceling it. It's not even the concern over not being able to protect the players. It's that if they can't protect the players, they're worried about being sued. It's like the litigation of the thing. Oh. It's the uh, liability. They they can't yeah. figure out the liability, so they're just not doing it because they don't want to want to risk that. Um. So it's yeah, it's just it's disappointing that it's not even the the liability of like oh what if our players get it. It's the liability of what if our players get it and then sue us? Yeah, and then it's my that, problem. That's the thing. And then also from what I've, what I've heard, a little bit uh, of it was with all the player empowerment, player voice being getting bigger and bigger, especially in college football right now, them trying to do a bunch of stuff, um, the unity group or whatever, and then the union, um, they've used this as kind of like a, you want to try and push back on us? Fine, you don't get to play. Because you don't have a voice, you don't. Your only way you get a voice is if you threaten not playing, and you can't threaten not playing if there is no football to be played. So, bam, there goes your voice. Uh, it's kind of squashing that. But yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it's hard for when when the little guy tries to take on the big guy, the man, as they say. But with that, that is news, and now we want to go to a fun recess segment. played them 10 times they might win nine but not this game this is your time oh boy is this great welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter okay this week for recess what we are going to do is we are going to play a game that we like to call bracketology um the way bracketology works fairly simple we make a bracket of things and then we determine the winner of that bracket. So this week, <laughs> that's a, well said. I mean, man. if you don't, well if you don't said. understand bracketology by now, it's like, I, yeah, that's how much, too senseless. How much can we help you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe turn that senseless meter back up a little bit. Um, 
So what we're going to do, the, the theme or the, the subject of Bracketology this week is uh, bubble players. The best players in the bubble. So, and this is this is um, players again, but it's bubble. It's their output in the bubble, right? Yeah. Not earlier in the season yeah, or just, historically. Just right? the bubble. Yeah. Um, and so we came up with eight players. Those eight are, uh, and I'll give you the order in terms of seating. So they they have been been seated. Um, number one, Dame, Damian Lillard. Number two, Booker, Devin Booker. Number three, Luka Doncic. Number four, James Harden. Number five, John Morant. Number six, Gary Trent Jr. Number seven, TJ Warren. And number eight, Kristaps Porzingis. So those are the people in consideration. Let's get to going. Let's start with the 1-8 matchup. Damian Lillard against Kristaps Porzingis. Let's talk about um, just like what what they've done a little bit. Got some notes here. I mean, I feel like Dame is it's fairly obvious. <laughs> he's so, he's leading yeah. his team. He got up to the eighth seed. I mean, he's he's crushing it. We talked about it a little bit earlier when we were talking Blazers, but he's just destroying everything. Sixty point games, three this year. I think uh, he said it best after the game last night. And it, he said this earlier before the or going into the bubble, but he's just like he's not here to waste any of his time. He's here to get something done and to accomplish something and to get into these playoffs. And he will without Dame. Quite honestly, Portland oh. drops another two, three games. You know, easily. Yeah. Uh, so he willed his team to the eighth seed in the West, which I think obviously deserves the number one uh, spot here in our bracketology bracket. And I think I would take him over Kristaps. Oh, 100%. Although, although Kristaps, I just thought I was having a sneak 30 points a game, 40% shoot, 47% shooting, 9.5 rebounds a game, 2 wow. assists, and over a block and a half a game in the bubble. So, I mean, he's actually playing really well. I would say, if I had to say, I think him and Luka are probably the best duo in the, in the bubble. Like, the best yeah. teammates in the bubble by a significant margin. They're playing out of their minds. And we'll get to Luca in a little bit, but I'll, I'll, it'll show you why. But I definitely think we're taking Dame over Kristaps here. Yes, sir. No Cinderella stories. Let's move over to the two-seven matchup with Devin Booker and T.J. Warren. I'm gonna let you want you take this one and kick us off. So you've got Booker who's shooting incredibly. Um, but what I think he his stats aren't really going to tell you the whole story. It's just kind of like the attitude and playmaking and and like I don't want to say like hope, but um, or belief because that's that's a little overstated. But just like the I guess the attitude, the kind of go get it mentality of the Suns. I feel like that all comes from Devin Booker. But T.J. Warren is is out there, thirty one points a game. That's third in the bubble, fifty eight percent shooting. Wow. Yeah, 58% shooting, four, 52% shooting from three, and that's with Whoa. seven attempts a game. So it's not like he's shooting once, once every game, and he's shooting, and he's shooting 52%. Crap. 
six rebounds a game and a steal and a block a game. So he's he's doing it all over the place. He's shooting lights out um, for a team for a team that got up to. I mean, yeah, they're they're what eight in the East, but or or no, got to be higher than that. They're five, four. Um, what are they right here? You've got it up there. Yeah, uh, they're the fit five, two, seven. Yeah, five makes sense. Um, that's trying to do the math from from earlier when we were doing the doing the matchups. Um. So he's got him up. He's on the fifth, and he's playing that well, kind of leading the team right now. And Booker didn't make the playoffs, although he played extremely well and had some huge plays. The thing is, like, can you, can you? I get what you're saying about not making the playoffs, but they did everything in the bubble that they were asked to do. They literally won out. They yeah. went eight zero. It just like how the pieces fell, which is kind of crap. But yeah, I mean, you can't blame them. Book was 30 points a game. That's fourth, right behind TJ Warren. 50% shooting, five rebounds, six assists a game. So, I mean, he played extremely well. And TJ, But TJ Warren, I think I give him the nod at where he's at place. But if you want to argue for Booker, I'm fine with that, obviously. The argument that I would make for, for Booker... Uh, the argument that I would make for Booker is um, that fact that you were talking about is that belief system. He does more; his contribution is more than what shows up on the stat sheet. I, mean, I get it, but you need a leader to rally around and to kind of uh, steer your um, your teammates in the right direction. That's who Dame is. That's who Devin Booker is. Uh, but if we're just talking about again, not great players, but bubble performances, you going both? I think I could. I could no. I could go with. I could go with T.J. Warren. I think overall player, I obviously would take Devin Booker. But uh, if we're just talking performances in the bubble, I'm going to go T.J. Warren. You're going to go T.J. Warren? Yeah. Okay. I could. I could. I could do either one. So I'll, if you're T.J. Warren, then I'll go T.J. Warren. Let's move down to um, the 3-6. This is Luka against Gary Trent Jr. So, start with the underdog here, Gary Trent Jr. Um, again, talking about the, like the non-statistical thing, he's their defensive stopper for the Blazers. I mean, he was guard- when they played the Rockets, he was on Westbrook and Harden almost the entire game. Plus, uh, I think that was his down offensive day. Makes sense if you're going to be playing those two. But if you're the defensive stopper, he's also 17 points a game, over four threes a game. He's made the second most threes in the bubble um, right behind Dame. So uh, he's over four threes made a game. He's shooting 50% from the three-point line and uh, has over a steal a game. And, and again, he's a defensive stopper. But it's kind of hard when you're going up against Luka, who's been destroying the league. Uh, it's. I think for me, it's you love Gary Trent Jr. This is a great shout out for him. Great recognition, but come on, it's Luca. Yeah, I, it, I'm not going to say anything more. It's Luca. Uh, Gary Trent has made a name for himself here in Portland uh, and on that team. And I think you know, you we we were even talking about yesterday about 
this is getting a little off track, so I'll reel it back in. But possibly down the line, what do you do with CJ? Do you trade CJ and, and slip Gary Trent into the starting lineup? I think he definitely has the talent to do that. Um, we've seen it here in the bubble. Can he continue it for multiple seasons? I don't know, but just a little thought to put in your head for the weekend. Yeah. Okay, our last matchup is Harden at four and John Morant at five. Um, so Harden, 35 points a game. It's second in the bubble. 53% shooting. Uh, he's first in free throws made, obviously. Uh, he's actually rebounding pretty well. Eight, nine rebounds, and uh, he's also got eight assists. So he's playing pretty... Harden's doing the statistics things that he usually does. My argument for Ja Morant, he's third in minutes in the bubble. Morant yeah. was 19 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. He leads the, he led the bubble in assists. Um, and he's just got that factor of, like, the team follows him. He's always yeah. got it on his back. Um, where I don't think Harden, Harden is the leader of the team, but I don't think the team is as dependent with how many veterans they have, how many guys that, that have proven themselves in the league, they have that. So they can kind of pick Harden up. No, John does not have that, especially lost his second-best player on the team. My, my yeah. vote here would be, be Morant. I'm going to go Jaw as well. Yeah. Think of it like this, and I, you set it up perfectly. What team looks drastically, drastically different if you remove that player? Or they... What team plays drastically different uh, if they lose that player? And, mm. you know, Houston can survive, and, you know, they still got Westbrook and um, a bunch of other good pieces. Jaw is that energy. Jaw is on the floor the majority of the game, uh, <clears throat> you know, as you pointed out per his minute stats. But yeah. um, Jaw just means more. Yeah, he is Memphis. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go back over to TJ Warren against Luka Doncic. We gave you the Warren stats. He's shooting unbelievably. Um, he's third in points. Luka is really doing it all, though. I mean, a lot of points. He's up there in, in rebounds and assists. He's just kind of all over the floor for Dallas. I, what I would say, my argument for Luka over TJ Warren, which is where I would go is the same thing with Ja. Luca is the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm in agreement as well. Um, I'm waiting for Luca to go through that Giannis transformation. It took Giannis, what, four years or whatnot to transform his body from young, you know, kid to now just a Hulk, you know? Yeah. So um, if Luca can shed some... I'm not gonna call it baby weight, but baby weight, um, and and get <laughs> it's more like, like a, party weight. Yeah, party weight, and just get shredded. You know, like dude, he he's gonna he will. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This, the the ceiling's the limit. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got Dame against Jaw. So Luca won that last one. Dame and Jaw. I think this Dame, is the matchup. Yeah, I go think, for it. I, I mean, I think Dame's got to take it. Just, I mean. This is the matchup we're, we're about to see, so maybe we should do this next week, but we're doing it now. Um, the shooting, the manipulation of the defense, and and Dame also has that fa- that leadership factor. 
So they both have the leadership factor, but Dame has the better stats, I think, and just a more killer shots. Yeah, and to piggyback off the killer statement, it's not only he's putting up numbers, but he has he's able to break down situations that and, and make moves that he knows he's capable of doing in calculated situations based on what's going on. What I'm talking about is, you know, they were down seven uh, last night to the uh, uh, to the Nets, right? With what three minutes left or whatnot, and he pulls yeah. up from the logo which is just insane, you know, but he knew that he needed to get something going at that time to pull him closer within striking distance. Um, but if that ball goes long or whatnot, and it's a long rebound and goes the other way, then they drop nine, drop down nine points. It's even harder for them to scramble back. But Dame is so calculated. He's not just pulling up from half court just because he's like, okay, willy nilly. Yeah. He knows he can do that. And he knows it's the right time in the game. Yeah. To do something like that. So he's got the experience and the capability. To, and to what do it'll something. do for his teammates. Yeah. Once they see that ball go in, <laughs> it's Dame time. And everyone, yeah. and what it does to the other team. It's like when, once the other team sees that ball go in, they're like, shit, it's Dame time. We don't, we yeah. don't, exactly what we didn't want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll put, I'll put Dame as the winner there. And now we've got Dame against Luca for the best player in the bubble. Um, Should I'll, we say it on three? I will just – I'll run it down. We'll think about yeah. it, then we'll go on three. Okay, so here we go. Dame, first in points at 37 a game, um, 50% shooting, first in minutes, first in threes a game made, second in free throws a game made, um, four rebounds a game, ten assists a game, which is third. Wow! And his team went six and two. Luca, thirty points a game, sixth. Forty-eight um, percent shooting, ten free throw attempts a game, which is second. And so he's getting to the line. He's shooting it well, scoring well. Um, ten rebounds is eighth in nine, almost ten assists a game. So he's second in assists. He's top in rebounds. He's top in in points. Dame scoring unbelievably, also helping his team in rebounds, assists, and his team is six and two. Let it breathe. And, Sit on it. And we'll go five until we say it. Five, okay. four, three, two, one. Dame. Dame. Okay. Dame still takes it. Obviously, I, I don't know. I I don't even think. I think a lot of people. Luca's closest to me, just because he's do, he's literally doing it in in every single. When I was looking at the stats, I was like, he is top ten in everything. <laughs> um, and so it's like that cumulative cumulative effect. He's not killing you just in points, although it's thirty a game. He's not killing you just in rebounds. He's not killing you just in sits. He's literally doing everything. And and people still can't stop him, which is, is which is wild. But Dame is just elevating the Blazers to such an, a point that you can't deny it right now. Yep. Okay, so there you go, Dame, best player in the bubble for the the eight regular season games. We'll see if it continues to the playoffs. But that is recess. I think we we played at Dame level right there for recess. It's ultra high. At, le at least John Morant level. 
Yes, at uh, least yeah, least fifth seed. Yeah, but that is that is recess, and that really that's that's the episode. Um, so before we get out of here, we want to say the bold nonsense fantasy football league is back. It will happen. Um, we're gonna see if we can get Bales to be our commission again because uh, to be honest, he's the best at it. He just he breathes. Is the best at he it. breathes the league. He birthed the league. So we're gonna <laughs> see if we can get him back. Um, but it is happening. We've had some people reach out. So uh, we have a couple of spots left open. If you want to be in the Fantasy League with us, it's a whole bunch of points, a whole lot of players, and a whole lot of fun. Uh, and we talk a lot a lot of stuff. Get your name shouted out on here. Um, just hit us up. Hit us up, and you can be in the Bold Nonsense Fantasy Football League. And where can you hit us up? I'll tell you where. Twitter, bold underscore nonsense. Instagram, bold dot nonsense. Or you can email us at... Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can. And that's where we'll look at that to, to get your entries into the Fantasy League. Um, other than that, expect a show on Saturdays and look for us on iTunes and Spotify. Those are the best places. Um, go ahead and rate and review there because that helps us out with our, our numbers and, and math stuff that uh, we know nothing about. Obviously, go back to when we tried to figure out 162 divided by 3. With that said... <laughs> Let's say bye to the people. This is another great episode. Well, uh, Walsh Disney, episode one, two, three. I'm at Still Smooth. Much love. I'm at Walsh Disney. If you love it, love us. And, uh, you know, this has been Bold Nonsense. This has been episode 123. This has been the Dame Highlight Show. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go. Go.